0: Log
1: talk radio and welcome to circle sanctuary network podcasts brought to you by circle sanctuary one of the oldest nature spirituality churches in the united states connecting people of nature center paths around the world join us through the week for a variety of shows discussing various topics celebrating the divine in all of its forms through nature worship rituals education and building bridges of community
0: Welcome to our show. My name is Deborah Rose, and I'm your host on Circle Talk. Circle Talk is one of the shows featured on CSNP, Circle Sanctuary Network podcast. CSNP has a lineup of rotating shows throughout each month. Mondays feature Lunatic Mondays with host Laura Gonzalez. She alternates her podcast one week in English and one week in Spanish. It can't be Tuesday without Circle Talk. And I continue to be the host for this fun discussion show on the first and third Tuesday of each month. Wednesdays features Nature Spirituality with none other than Selena Fox. The third Friday of each month features Blue Marble, an eco-educational, eco-restorational, eco-activism, and eco-spiritual podcast. We have such a fun and informative lineup of shows. CSNP Hope that you try them all. Well, it's October, fall is here, and we have entered the spooky season, and tonight we are going to have fun. We're going to discover the playful antics of lingering souls and antiques with spiritual personalities on Circle Talk tonight as we talk with Corrine Kenner about her book, Gently Haunted. It features stories from a Florida antique shop and surrounding area. Besides her haunted stories, she's going to tell us tips on using pendulums, dowsing rods, tarot cards to help you reach out to friendly shadows of the past. Let's hear a little bit about Corinne. Corinne Kenner specializes in bringing metaphysical subjects down to earth. She is an author, astrologer, and owner of the Haunted Antique Shop and Paranormal Museum in Delane, Florida. Corinne is a certified tarot master and has been reading tarot professionally for more than 20 years. And if you happen to visit Central Florida, she also offers tarot and astrology readings from her Haunted Antique Shop. She is a leading expert on the connections between tarot and astrology. She holds a Level 1 certification from the National Council for Geocosmic Research, a highly respected astrological organization. Besides Gently Haunted, She's authored several other books, Carol in Astrology, Carol for Writers, and Crystals for Beginners. She's also a former editor of New Llewellyn's Popular Astrological Calendar, planetary Daily Planetary Guide, and Sun Sign Book. For more information on Corinne, go to her website at www.corinnekenner.com, that's C-O-R-R-I-N-E-K-E-N-N-E-R, or... TheHauntedAntiqueShop.com. Let's get spooky. Welcome, Corrine, to Circle Talk. Hi. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, I'm so excited. Now, tell our listeners your book is officially published, and they can go out and get it as of September 8th, right?
2: Yep. It came out on September 8th here in the United States. And its release date for Europe and the rest of the world is um, October
0: 10th. Oh, not too much longer. Well, congratulations. That's, this is very, Thank you. very exciting. And this is a different it kind is. of book, it sounds like, than your other books. <laughs> um, and I'm glad you wrote it. I really, really thoroughly enjoyed this book. Uh, it, this book is just delightful to read, and it's very informational. So um, tell our listeners, um, the story is so interesting. Tell us how you ended up with uh, a haunted antique shop.
2: Well, honestly, I think the shop found me. I was looking for (laughs) office space where I could write and teach writing. And um, this little shop around the corner from my house showed up in one of my, I think it was a Facebook Marketplace ad or something, and I thought, it was, first of all, such a cute little house. It's a 1920s bungalow. Mm-hmm. And I realized after walking through it that I could use the office for my writing studio and I could keep the rest of the shop open while I was there. And it was kind of funny. I, um, my husband is from Michigan, and he kind of grew up in his dad's flea market up in Michigan. And he mm-hmm. said, you know, there's a lot of downtime in a vintage shop or an antique shop. So you'll have no problem, you know, just doing your work and when people come in, get up and stretch your legs. So I took over the shop, and yet it took me about a month before I realized that it was actually haunted. How did you find out? What made you suspect? Um, It was was pretty obvious after a few weeks because doors would open and close on their own. Um, Lights would turn on and off. And I would hear footsteps and voices in empty rooms. And at first, any of those things you could explain away. I mean, the house is more than 100 years old. I thought, well, maybe the electricity is shorting out or something. But that wasn't it because the light switches are heavy. You have to really click them up and down into place. Mm -hmm. The doors are heavy. They don't open and close on their own. But for me, what really tipped me off was a few times I would be writing in my office And I'd hear the front door of the shop open and close. And there's a little bell on the door. So I could hear the bell, and I could hear the door click. I could hear people's footsteps as they came in. I could hear them talking to each other. And so I'd hop up, and I'd run to the front room, and I'd already be saying, hi, welcome to the haunted antique shop. Or at that time, it wasn't that. Hi, welcome to the shop. And there'd be nobody there. Nobody at all. It wasn't frightening, it was, it was. I was going to ask amusing. you, were you spoofed out by that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I have never felt frightened or alarmed in the shop. I've always just felt like I was with friends, like Casper, the friendly ghost. Uh-huh. Because they are very playful and they are very gentle. And that's how I came up
0: with the, the title of the book, Gently Haunted. So um, I know that you, again, do tarot, w- were you uh, um, considered yourself before you bought the shop a psychic or medium? Is this something that was um, uh, a strong part of your path before
2: this? It was not it wasn't. I've always been intuitive and I've always felt that was a normal, right. natural part of life and that everybody can be right. intuitive. Right. Um, I I actually started my career as a newspaper reporter and then a magazine editor, and then I went into book publishing. Um, And along the way, I picked up tarot cards because I'd always heard they were really good for storytelling, which they are. Mm -hmm. They're amazing at storytelling. Um, And it's kind of like the old maxim, like attracts like. The more Mm -hmm. you work with your psychic gifts, the stronger they become, and eventually I started feeling almost overwhelmed when I would be around people with their stories or their thoughts, Mm -hmm. and so I I decided that I would use tarot cards as a way of channeling my intuition or my psychic abilities. So now I kind of have a deal with the spirit world that I don't want to be interrupted if I'm just washing dishes or
0: mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> walking around town. I, I I say if I'm reading tarot cards, you're welcome to come in and talk to me, but if the tarot cards are put away, that means I'm off duty. And so far that has worked really, really well.
0: What type of and and um listener she does a very good job in the book talking about um, different psychic skills and that people obviously can have more than different way, but people have the tendency to lean a certain way. Um, how do you perceive um, psychic connections? I'm Claire Audience. I hear
2: voices. Sometimes I hear them as if they are literally outside of me. Sometimes mm-hmm. I just feel like I get a thought that I know isn't my own. hmm A really good example is I was touring a a historical house in Texas, of all places,
0: Mm -hmm. and we were
2: doing this historical museum tour, and the guide said, as we went through the kitchen, does anybody know what this box is? Just a simple wooden box in the middle of the room. I had no idea, but as the, the tour guide asked the question, I heard a voice to my left kind of sighing, exasperated. And he said, oh, it's a TV. And so right away I said, it's a TV, even though this is something I had no way of knowing. And right. the guy laughed and said, you're the only person who's ever known what this was. It was such a, such a historic object, and it belonged to someone right. who was very wealthy, so not common. But that's
0: a typical example of what I, what I hear. And so no one was behind you. It just popped up in your, in your head. Isn't that funny? Right. So yeah. talk and about the my other family, family now. talk about that? Yeah, go ahead. My
2: family won't play Trivial Pursuit with me because <laughs> even though I don't know the
0: answers, I hear the answers. That is so funny. That is so funny. Well, if we're, if we're Evan or Pub, you're going to definitely be on my team. Uh, but it's funny because I would have considered myself um, – um, um, intuitive, but I would not have ever considered myself psychic. And so I read your list of the different ways you perceive. And, again, I think I thought that you had to hear it or see it, but I will get a, no, a sense, a feeling. I just know something. And that is also a part of a beginning psychic ability.
2: It, it can be. That can be um, clairsentience, which means clear sensing, or another word for that can be clear
0: cognizance
2: or clear mm-hmm. knowing.
0: And I was fascinated by um, something that I had not thought of is um, psychic sense of smell. And you're right. Um, in your book, you talk about that and how smell can trigger memories. Talk a little bit about that because I found that really interesting also.
2: Yes, smell is apparently the strongest, most primal sense in everyday life. And it's one of the easiest senses for the spirit world to manipulate. I can't tell you how many people come into the shop and they walk in and say, I smell men's cologne. And usually I'm the Mm -hmm. only one there and I'll say, well, I'm not wearing men's cologne. There's not been anybody (laughs) in the shop for a few days with men's cologne. And I think that's an example of spirits that actually come in with living people, because mm-hmm. they know in the in the haunted antique shop it's a place where people are open to connection.
0: So it's a safe place. but
2: so so often, yeah, it's a safe place, and that sense of smell, that scent, will immediately take you back to a different time in your life.
0: Absolutely. Your childhood, absolutely birth of a child yep. absolutely so whenever yeah, i have that smell new, baby a new baby smell, smell <laughs> right it immediately brings me back to my own children so yes. a, absolutely so uh and that's funny because i have actually smelled things before and kind of passed it off didn't think much about it so i will be um much more aware that maybe a loved one is near me um when i smell something um you know with um with memories, my grand my grandparents yeah. had a farm, and so the smell of strawberries always brings me back to my grandmother. So, oh how uh, sweet, so, yeah. So yeah, so it is very it is very interesting. Um, some other well, common
2: shop, smells that people notice a lot is um, perfume, cologne, like I said, right. um, cigar or cigarette or pipe smoke. Mm-hmm. Which in everyday life is is less and less common, and yet if you're being right. visited Especially by pipes. a favorite uncle pipes. or a grandfather, yeah, you're going to smell the pipe smoke.
0: Well, um, again, we were talking a little bit about the show. I'm ready to go um, on a field trip to Delane um, because again, I read the book and it was delightful, and, and I want to see the shop. What major city? Where is it near? Um, our city is
2: DeLand, Florida. We're about 40 okay. miles north of Orlando, so it's it's really um, ideally yeah. situated if you happen to be at the Disney World or um, Universal theme parks. Or SeaWorld, yeah. We're also, yes, SeaWorld. We're also 20 miles from Daytona Beach, so we're in NASCAR territory.
0: Oh, you just have a great location.
2: We do, and it's... It's the most charming little town I've ever seen in my life. It's only got about 40,000 people, so it's fairly small. And it has what's... Our main street is actually an award winning main street that looks like a movie set with charming little shops and businesses. and We love it here. I've lived here now for about five years, and I I can't say enough good things about Deland. Oh, that's so fun. Um,
0: And it sounds like the town is very welcoming um, to the um, to your store and and very supportive, not afraid of it.
2: Absolutely, I wasn't. I didn't get into the whole haunted thing as a marketing tool until COVID. Mm-hmm. Did, when Florida yeah. was not shut down for for very long, but we still had like a month or two of, of being shut down, and I thought, you know what, we've got nothing left to lose. I'm just going to go really public with the fact that this shop is haunted. And since then, people have been so into the idea because they are looking for a safe place where they can share their own stories and where they can learn more about the spirit world. So we have all the tools in place for that too.
0: Right, and it's funny, you you give examples in your book, but I'm sure a lot of people have experiences or questions, and they really don't have anyone to ask until they meet you. Yes. At first, people
2: started coming in, and they'd almost act like they had a chip on their shoulder. They would kind of furrow their brows at me, and they'd look me up and down, and they'd say, do you really think this shop is haunted?
0: Mm -hmm. And I'd
2: smile and say, yeah, it it is haunted. And then they'd take a deep breath and say, well, you won't believe this, and I hardly ever tell (laughs) anybody
3: this.
2: (laughs) But I see ghosts or I hear ghosts, or my house is haunted. So I think it's a far more common experience than most people let on.
0: I agree, because like you say, that's not something, unless you know someone's going to be open to it, that most people would bring up right. at a party. Yeah, but once so, the stories start, everybody's got something. You know, that's true, and, and absolutely, and, and I think the majority of uh People in this country, um, whether they've had an experience or not, actually believe in existence of a ghost or that type of spirit. Yeah. People like like to have that feeling
2: that life does not end with your last breath, that the
0: soul continues. So talking about the shop, um Tell us about, I've got some questions because, again, I'm ready for a field trip. Tell us about the Cabinet of Curiosities.
2: (laughs) Oh, the Cabinet of Curiosities is this beautiful antique armoire that we have in the front room of the shop, and we have filled it with some of our most interesting collectibles and some of our most haunted artifacts. We used to keep our little, a little doll that we call Haunted Charlie in the cabinet Mm -hmm. because... I would notice that little haunted Charlie's arms would kind of move up and down when I wasn't around. I'd position Uh his arms one way at night and I'd come in the next morning and his arms would be up in the air. So he was like reaching out for a hug. My husband at the time thought maybe the spirit of my late grandfather was coming into the shop at night, Mm -hmm. messing around with us, which is a possibility. But as time went on, I and I have a a psychic friend who did a a session with Haunted Charlie, and she said she believes that the ghost is actually manipulated by the spirit of a man who used to live nearby. Mm -hmm. Um, One day, we had the cabinet all closed up because the doors don't really stay open by themselves. It's just an old Mm -hmm. antique piece of furniture. And we heard this loud bang in the cabinet. And we opened up the cabinet doors and Charlie, who was sitting in a little doll chair, had been turned completely around facing the back of the cabinet. And even the little crocheted lace doily that his chair was on was rumpled as if somebody had taken their their hand and twisted the chair.
0: Uh -uh -uh. And at that
2: point, (laughs) we thought, wow, that's really cool. Again, not scary, just really, really a fun experience but we also mm-hmm. decided Charlie didn't want to be behind those closed doors so we put him on the fireplace now and he keeps an that eye on the whole so shop funny.
0: and the fun yeah. uh the fun thing is is you have some photographs in your book and you actually see Charlie in the in yes. the book and it is you can tell it's a very old doll and a um a boy doll with a very stern face which is probably that's how it wasn't the doll looked in that time that time period
2: yeah Sometimes he looks really stern. Sometimes he looks like he's got just a hint of a smile. It depends on his mood the day, that day. Isn't that funny?
0: What's an estimate of how old Charlie is? Do you think? Do you know?
2: Yeah, he's from the 1910s, 1920s. I think I I think I researched it and put it specifically in the book. But I know he's about a hundred years old, just like the Shah. Oh, wow.
0: Yeah. Oh wow. The stories that Charlie could tell.
3: Right, <laughs> <laughs> and it's
0: funny. The other story that I really enjoyed was the story of the letter opener. And that was where amazing. the man came in, and that's funny because I've had the experience of looking for something, and it's almost like something. I go in a store, it was almost like it was waiting for me. Um, and yes. so, tell us that story because that was really, really interesting about the the letter opener.
2: My daughter was helping me in the shop one day when she came into the office with this antique silver letter opener. Beautiful piece. Looks kind of like a sword. And she Mm -hmm. said, where do you want me to put this? I said, I don't even know what that is. Where did you find it? And she said, well, I found it in the back room with a bunch of wooden spoons. Now, one thing about me is that I'm super, super organized, at least at work. Mm -hmm. And I like to keep like things with like. I never would have put stationary objects with um, kitchenware. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: And I said, well, that's really interesting. I don't know where it came from. We'll put it in the Cabinet of Curiosities. (laughs) And about a month later, a businessman came into the shop, and he opened the Cabinet of Curiosities, and he said, oh, I've been looking for a letter opener like this for my desk as a display item. And I nodded, and I said, that's really nice. And he said, oh, I, I think this one has my name on it. And, again, I thought he was talking metaphorically. <laughs> and yeah. he said, no, seriously? It has my name on it. It was right, my name Jack. The name Jack. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so he was thrilled. It was exactly what he had been hoping for. And it did kind of just teleport into existence as far as we could tell. And he was delighted to take it home with him. But one of the that intentions really I had... One of the intentions I had when I set up the shop was that people who came in could experience something magical or miraculous, that they would Mm -hmm. find exactly the right thing for them at that moment. And it's amazing what happens when you set that intention, how well that actually works.
0: So do you get people um, who aren't necessarily looking for antiques but are interested in the haunted part and the ghost hunting part only? Yes. To the store? Yeah, more and more. Because people are paring down their lives. Now people are
2: not buying as many antiques as they used to. A lot of antique shops mm-hmm. actually went out of business recently because of the pandemic.
0: A, yeah.
2: Everybody is interested in having an
0: experience.
2: So I actually get a lot of tour groups. It's one reason we decided to set up uh, the paranormal museum aspect of the shop. So that they mm-hmm. can go on a guided tour and see the most interesting antiques, hear some of our ghost stories, and see what's available. Because the shop, even though it's 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 in a fairly small house, it's just a little mm-hmm. craftsman bungalow. It's got one, two, three, four, five rooms to explore.
0: That's nice. Yeah. Now, are you still doing uh, tarot readings at the shop? I am. One of the
2: rooms we have set up as a tarot parlor, it's where I keep my crystal ball collection, so it looks very mystical. Oh, oh, that's (laughs) fun. (laughs) Yeah, and it's got a beautiful antique table that I've covered with this beautiful lace tablecloth, which makes great Instagram photos, and it's just a really nice, quiet, comfortable place to do readings. It's a very special place. So I do astrology
0: and tarot in that room. How did you, um, when did you start reading tarot? How did you um, um, sign tarot? Well, I knew it was a good storytelling device,
2: so I um, Mm -hmm. started collecting decks. Mm -hmm. I took some classes at the time I was living in Minnesota, so I took some classes at a metaphysical bookstore.
3: Mm -hmm. I found
2: a tarot community online. I started going to tarot conferences around the country But when I really became adept at tarot is when I started writing books about it, because when you write, Mm -hmm. you have to focus so intently on the images. And for anybody Mm -hmm. who wants to read tarot, that's one of my biggest recommendations, is that you sit and write down everything you see in the card and practice reading tarot for people simply by describing the card. I mean, it sounds so simple, and yet it's incredibly effective. In fact, I'm doing a workshop on October 13th about reading tarot cards, and that's the main thing I'll be teaching people is that you have to talk about the cards, and you have to describe what you see. And the more you look, the more you'll see. And I'll help people understand that, yeah. And it can be almost poetic because once you are able to describe what you see in the cards, here's another really fun tip I like describe the images that you see as though they're part of the person you're reading for. So say, for example, you pull the queen of cups card. Don't just Mm -hmm. say, oh, look, it's the queen of cups. Say, you are the queen of cups. You are holding a golden chalice. People people get chills and they they start to sit up straighter and they say, you know what? I am the queen of cups. I am holding a golden chalice. I do have a throne. I do see the world around me from a standpoint of a queen. It's, that's it's really so much fun and, and actually so easy. That's fun.
0: So tell me about your workshop. Is it, is it online or do you need to be in Florida to go to it?
2: It's going to be in person in Florida, although I'm going to work on a way of making maybe the next one virtual or else kind of replicate it virtually. We're going to be talking about reading tarot cards for spirit contact. Because, of course, Halloween is coming up. Right. Halloween, the veil between the worlds is thinnest. It's a, it's a fairly um, auspicious time to look at the cards. And we're going to be focusing on the major arcana cards as words of wisdom or reminders from people who have crossed to the other side. And I think I kinda hit on some of that in the book too, where I talk about what I was going you talk a little bit about the book, are. And
0: I had not heard um tarot cards with spirits like that at all. So just talk a, t- a little bit about that. Tease people so they want to go to Florida to your workshop.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's really it's it's interesting to me that more people don't use the tarot for spirit spirit contact. Right. But for me it's the most effective way because I've worked with the cards for so long I can tune into what they might represent. So for example, if you're looking at the Emperor card, you might mm-hmm. be looking at somebody who was a business person in life. Or you might be looking at somebody who's very structured, very stable, everything we associate with the Emperor card. It might be a spirit coming back to say, I was really large and in charge. And so we just talk about what those major Arcana cards represent mean. in terms of... Yeah spirits who have crossed over, yeah. And we'll be looking at the astrological associations of the cards. A lot of people know that the major arcana cards are correspond with signs or planets of the zodiac. Mm-hmm. And if we had a week to go through the whole deck, I could show them how every single card in the 78-card deck corresponds to a sign, a planet, or a degree of the zodiac. It, it, it You know, you can break it all down, and it's a a lot of fun, and it adds such richness and depth and dimension that I, you know, it's one of my favorite things to do. I call it tarot astrology when I combine tarot and astrology.
0: Corinne, I think that's another book, to be honest. (laughs) Well, I did do Uh, a book called
2: Tarot and Astrology. Well, there you go. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's a little. I will have to look that up. Yeah, that's really, really interesting because I've um, not um, generally have had those two subjects together. So yeah, that does sound like another great book. Listen, if it's half as good as this book, I really, really enjoyed Gently Haunted.
2: Oh, thanks. For me, Gently Haunted was the most personal book I've ever written because I do Mm -hmm. talk a lot about my own life. Mm -hmm. And I mean that—that was a little scary because I don't want. People coming at me saying I'm insane. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants that. so <laughs> far, so far, everybody, so you know, everybody can kind of identify it because my experiences are not are not so abnormal at all. Right. Everybody has right. had psychic dreams. Everybody's had flashes of intuition. Everybody right. has seen or heard something they couldn't explain,
0: so-called rationally. Right, and sometimes you don't realize it until you read a book like yours, and it's like, oh, I identify with that, or oh, that's happened to yeah. me. And so, yeah, so it's it's very interesting. Corinne, why do why do we have why do spirits linger? Why are they even here?
2: Yeah, and I don't know that they linger. I think it's more that they come back to visit. I think they check back in on us. One of the very first spirit contact That's such an interesting reading. concept.
0: Go ahead, that is such an interesting yeah. concept. I really like that. I I do. I think spirits are free
2: to come and go as they please. At least that kind of fits in with my my traditional Catholic training because that's mm-hmm. that's where I, I learned most of what I know about the spirit about the spirit world is through the Catholic rituals. Mhm. And um, there have actually been a lot of saints who who believe that too, that spirits could come and go. I also believe that spirits will come when they're called. Sometimes, for example, I know that I I might have an appointment. I might have somebody coming into the shop for a spirit contact reading. And as I'm getting ready to go to work in the morning, I can feel them like already excited trying to get Mm -hmm. in my head and occasionally I have to say, look, I'm not at work yet. I don't, I don't have the cards out. I will see you at 1030. Not now.
0: (laughs) That's so interesting.
2: Yeah. Because as soon as we're sitting in the tarot parlor and I've shuffled the deck and the person I'm reading for starts talking about the person that they've lost.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: We can we can both feel it. It's almost like they come whooshing into the room. The energy right. changes. You can tell that the spirit is there.
0: Wow. So you you talk a little bit in your book, and I found it so interesting. So um, explain some things for our listeners. What's the difference between a a, 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 a sentient and a non sentient ghost? Oh, or a sentient
2: ghost actually actually can interact with you. It's aware of of themselves mm-hmm. as a personality. They can um, they can move a pendulum. They can move dowsing rods. They can respond to questions. A non-sentient ghost is more like an echo or an emotion that remains. For example, when I first took over the shop, the the room that I use as my office. It felt Mm -hmm. very dark, very heavy. It was totally as if somebody had been in that room just before me arguing. Mm -hmm. I don't think it was haunted by ghosts that were still in the middle of an argument. I just think that the room itself had been a place where people fought and that energy Mm -hmm. kind of hung thick in the air. Whereas Uh the actual spirits that we have in the, in the shop that interact with us definitely are aware of themselves as people. One of my favorite sayings at the shop is that we don't have to be afraid of ghosts. We don't have to, um, we don't have to fear them because ghosts are people too.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And you've not had any bad experiences. You said, You know, the TV shows you see or the scary stuff is actually pretty rare. For the most part, you feel ghosts come in all personalities just like people. They do.
2: And I'm careful to not welcome or invite ghosts that I don't want around. I mean, if you can sense that somebody is bad in life, you can sense that they're not pleasant in death either. Mm -hmm. So um, I do try to keep the shop this might sound kind of weird, but I keep the shop physically clean because mm-hmm. it's like feng shui. If it's physically clean, it'll be more spiritually clean as well. I keep it light. I keep it bright. I play cheerful music. Um, mm-hmm. I imagine it filled with white light. I imagine it as being a safe place for myself and my my customers. And if there's ever any sense of something negative, I will say, you got to go. And just to make sure, I will um, burn cedar or ring a bell or do something to cleanse that space intentionally so that it remains a happy
0: place. That's right. And you talk a little bit, too, and it, it's funny because I guess I hadn't thought about different categories, but it makes sense. And, and when you talked about non as sentient beings, I thought about, because um, you said they can be like ghosts of intense energy, and I thought about mm-hmm. places like they say uh, Gettysburg, um, where Gosh. there were so many deaths and battles, and then I have read um, a book, because people say it's the, one of the most haunted places, and again, the same thing is, there's not necessarily ghosts there, there's a lot of what in the book you call residual energy, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah,
2: residual energy is that feeling that, that in like you said, that intensity that remains even after the pe- after the people or the spirits have left the building.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you also touched a little bit about um spirit beings and um you know, guardian angels and guides and uh um which um I found interesting also as someone who um feels like they have someone watching over them, and I actually had someone, um, actually several people talk to me that, you know, that I have someone who watches over me. So, uh, again, I've never thought about that as a, a type of spirit, but, um, but you do a really good job in the book talking about that also.
2: Thank you. Yeah, there, there's so many different ways that we can experience the spirit world that it's actually hard to include them all in a book or in a description. But I tried to cover all the
0: bases. But you do bring up something that was funny because this was very vogue when I was a teenager. You don't particularly care about Ouija boards. Tell us about that. I don't. And it's not because I think Ouija
2: boards are inherently evil or inherently bad. But so many people have put so much energy into being afraid of Ouija boards that Mm -hmm. it becomes almost like this self-fulfilling prophecy where if you're going in thinking, I'm going to be afraid, I'm going to attract a demon, well, then you might. It's not the board. Yeah. It's your it's your approach to the board.
0: So you give some helpful hints, but tell our listeners what to do if you actually um, come face-to-face with a ghost or a spirit or you feel uh, an entity um, and I thought your, um, your helpful hints were very, very appropriate. Um, you know, like tell them your name. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes.
2: Um, and this is especially good if you're thinking about going into, in, into any ghost hunting or ghost investigations. You would treat them with politeness and respect just as you would treat anybody else because you are going into their space. So introduce yourself. Tell them your name. Tell them your objectives. Say, I'm just, you know, looking to see if I can get some interaction. I'd like to ask you some questions. I'd like to know more about you. I'm looking for evidence of life after death. I'm curious about what might have happened in this house. Just talk to them as you would talk to any other person, which is something I do at the shop every day. When I go into the shop in the morning and I turn on the lights, Mm -hmm. I say, you know, hello, good morning, and... If I'm going to be gone for a certain period of time, I'll, I'll tell them that, too. I say goodnight at the end of the day. But last week, for example, we're in Florida, obviously, and mm-hmm. I said, I'm not, I'm not going to be around for a couple of days. We're getting hit with a hurricane tomorrow, so take care of the building while I'm gone. <laughs> or, you know, today is New Year's you know, it's New Year's Eve this weekend, so I'm going to mm-hmm. be away, take care of everything for me, that sort of thing.
0: That's really fun. Speaking of which, did your shop do okay during the hurricane and the tropical storm? We did. We got about 26 inches of of rain oh, wow. and a lot of wind.
2: Yeah, it was it was massive, but it was not anything like what happened down on the Gulf Coast because we're yeah. to get to Tampa, it's it's like a 3-hour drive, and by the time it got there, yeah. it's been overland
0: for so long that it was just rain. Yeah, much more of a, a lot tropical of rain. storm than a, a hurricane, but Um, And, yeah, we send, yeah, blessings to those who are affected because it was just totally, totally devastating. So, yeah. You you also talk about in your book on um, ways to hunt for ghosts. And I thought this was so unique. When folks walk in your shop, you actually have things that they can do if they just want to see if they can find something in the shop. I thought that was really really clever.
2: We have some very basic ghost hunting tools. Of course, we have the EMF readers, like you see on TV, where the mm-hmm. the lights will will go higher if there's um, any sort of energy in the room. Although I gotta I gotta warn everybody, don't aim this at an electrical outlet because it will pick up electricity. <laughs> <laughs> we also we also have spirit key pendulums which I make out of vintage or antique keys. And you can hold the mm-hmm. pendulum very still and ask it to show you which way it will move for yes, which way it will move for no. And you can start to, to um, have a conversation with any spirits in the room simply by saying, is there a spirit present? And it will probably move for yes. And then you, it's almost like playing 20 questions. You narrow everything down.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Are you a man? Are you a woman? Waiting for the response. Oh, And talk to the ghost as though they're still alive. You don't want to say, were you a man? Because that's kind of offensive.
0: Oh, I didn't think of that. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Because, yeah, well, yes, I am a man. Or um, it is. It's exactly like playing 20 questions. as you narrow down who you're talking to, did, did you live in this area? Did you live in this state? You can ask what time period they lived there. And the more you practice, and the more you work with the pendulum, the more you'll actually start to intuit the answers. We were we were working with a couple other ghost hunters, and um, one of them mm-hmm. started picking up on the spirit of a little girl in the shop, and mm-hmm. he and I at the same time both came up with variants of her name in our heads. So that's Isn't that really fun? really a lot of a lot of fun, yeah.
0: And I remember her name was. Jill,
2: yeah, Jill? Jill or Jillian. Yeah, I remember
0: from the book. Yeah, yeah. Or that's Jilly, so, yeah. So that's interesting. And see, I don't think of uh, small children as being ghosts or spirits, but um, um, in fact, you say people can even have encounters with long lost pets, and I actually I have done that. I I have you had really a, a, a cat? Yes. In fact, I cat. Um, yes, all my animals lived to like nineteen, twenty, twenty-one years. I had them a long time, and uh, I had a favorite pet, and and not so much anymore. But for a while, especially after their death, I would literally feel the weight on my foot because that's where they slept, and it was kind of spooky for a while. And I would, and then I like again in my head, I would get flashes of them. So yeah, so. So yeah. I thought that was interesting that you brought that up in the book, and I hadn't really thought of it like that until you brought it up as an as a as an encounter. Yeah, and that's another example of where you might smell maybe
2: dog food oh, or yeah. cat fur right when they're around. Yeah, and the other tools you, that we use at the shop are that are super fun are dowsing rods, which are tell really us just about two pieces that. of. Yeah, dowsing rods are typically made out of copper, just really heavy-duty copper wire bent in the shape of an L so that you can hold one end in your hand and the other ends can literally guide you to something that the spirit world wants you to see. You can hold these these dowsing rods loosely. And if you, if you want to get a better idea of what they look like, they're super easy to find online, or you can make your own out of coat hangers.
3: Mm
1: -hmm.
2: But people in our shop will hold dowsing rods and say, which way should I walk? And the rods will both point in one direction and off to the races. Isn't that fun? And then, oh, so much fun. And then when you can say, now when you want me to stop, cross the wires, like in the shape of an X, so that X marks the spot. So they'll go, oh you know, gosh. wandering off into different corners and different display areas, and suddenly the, the dowsing rods will cross in the shape of an X, and that's when they know they should stop and look at something.
0: That's so fun. Do people just freak out when this works in your shop? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say they I mean, are they out. just amazed when this works? I, I would probably look for hidden wires. They I are. Mean, they've got to be amazed.
2: They're amazed, and what's also fairly common is that they feel a little bit overwhelmed, especially when they open the Cabinet of Curiosities that has so yeah. many antiques and artifacts in it. So much energy. I've heard people say, did the floor just move? Because I just felt the floor move. Or they'll say, wow. wow, I'm feeling really dizzy. It's so common that I keep cookies in, in the shop because one of the fastest ways to get grounded grounded yourself calming down is to have a little something to eat so i have um it's like a blood bank i have cookies and juice for people who get overwhelmed
0: (laughs) that is so fun so if i was interested in um um doing some uh, beginning ghost hunting do you recommend a pendulum what do you recommend for someone to start with and watch. To start with, I
2: recommend a pendulum, which you can make by yourself or buy in our shop, mm-hmm. or dowsing rods, again, which you can make, make by yourself or you can buy them online because it's just a really nice way to get in tune with the spirit world and to learn to trust your own intuition. And later on, as you progress, you might want to buy some of the electric devices like the EMF meters. Mm-hmm. or um, You can also download a lot of pretty cool apps on your phone. You can even use your phone for um, your phone's voice recording to see mm-hmm. if you can get EVPs or electric voice phenomenon. Simply by you know being in a quiet place, asking questions, leaving time for the spirits to answer, and then replaying it back later to see if if the ghosts were able to to affect the recording. Right. And when we have ghost hunters come in the shop, they tend to pick up a lot of very clear EVPs.
0: Isn't that funny? Do you think it's yeah that um, besides being naturally are already ghosts there that is such a um, you know um, I once um, took a workshop and they said when you start working with spirits and you start doing that you become like a a light or a beacon in in the other world, in the astral plane, and it would draw people to you. I wonder if in the astral plane your shop is just a, a a big white light and it just will draw uh, curiosity and draw people to you.
2: Absolutely. And it's not just the, the, the house and it's not just the stuff we have there, but it's I really believe it's the people who come because mm-hmm. – the spirit world, the people that we've loved and lost, they do want to stay in touch with us. They do, right? They do want, want to, to make to their in. presence known, and and so when people come into the shop, they're already open to that that possibility, and it just makes contact
0: that much easier. And it's funny, um, you mentioned in your book, uh, besides places being haunted, that actual people can and you. Gave an example of someone that I think your daughter said had a horrible smell. Yes. And you looked for <laughs> my a mouth. Tell us that story. It was so cute.
2: <laughs> I was out of town. I was down in Orlando, which isn't that far away. And my daughter called mm-hmm. and said, Mom, you've got to get back to the shop right now. She said there is this horrible, horrible smell. She's, she's very bold. She said it smells like mm-hmm. death. And I was horrified. <laughs> and she said, I don't know if you've got a dead mouse or a, uh, she said, I just don't even know what it is, but you've got to get here and take care of it because I'm not touching anything dead. So I raced back from lab so I, <laughs> I went into the shop and it was totally fine. I, you know, I even took things apart. I cleared out the cabinet curiosities. There was nothing there. And, um, I said, well, tell me more about what happened. And she said, well, these ladies came in, and they said that one of them has a ghost who lives in her house and follows her around, and it smells just like that. I thought, well, Hmm. I wish you had told me that before I drove like a lunatic down (laughs) the (laughs) I-4. And she said, yeah, once the ladies left, the smell went away too, but I was already almost home. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, that's interesting because I have read books and said um sometimes people think places or objects are haunted and actually go um ghosts can attach to um people. So yeah. um for, for various reasons. So that is really um yeah, that is I thought that was really funny too. I can see you frantically looking for a mouse. So anyway,
2: <laughs> yeah. And the other the other crazy experience we had was that we of course played quiet music in the shop, and mm-hmm. one day the stereo system just went insane. We have all these Amazon devices set up in different right. rooms of the shop. They all went super high in volume. They all started playing different music at once. It was it sounded like a madhouse. And we were racing around trying to unplug them and just get the place quiet before some customers came in. Right. But the customers who came in, it was a teenage girl and her mother, and the mother mm-hmm. did not stop criticizing that girl for a second. Isn't that something? And I think it was a classic case of, of poltergeist energy, which is German for noisy ghost. But sometimes mm-hmm. adolescent girls especially – have so much high emotion inside themselves that they literally can affect the the, the environment around them
1: mm-hmm. because
2: we were all we were all really uncomfortable while they were there and the mother was criticizing the daughter and as soon as they left it was just like like a cloud had passed and everything was was normal and and cheerful again yeah i'll just never forget how crazy the sound system went is as they were coming up the steps to come inside.
0: Isn't that, isn't that interesting? And you've also yeah. had an experience that I'm very jealous that I have not ever had and I would be interested in is you have been with um, – tell us about table tipping. Oh, table tipping is amazing. And
2: it was relatively right. new to me, too. I'd heard of it because it was so popular after the Civil War.
0: right. Did you you ever play, spiritualism became vogue. I mean, it was in seances and table tipping, all that became vogue, I think, in the 20s and 30s. Yeah, and it was so easy to do. You just find a little
2: pedestal table, or here in Florida, they call them like pie tables. Just a little Uh table with, you know, three little legs, and you need two people, one sitting on either side. You can do it with more, and you lightly put your fingertips on the edge of the table and you invite friendly spirits to communicate with you through the table. And honestly, it felt like the table suddenly became made of rubber because it started to rock back and forth. It started to almost levitate with just one little foot on the ground at a time out of the three little pedestal feet. Mm -hmm. And then it started to rock back and forth so hard that it literally moved across the room and across the shop to the Cabinet of Curiosities. It was It was so, I, I almost say. want to say was overwhelming. Was that unnerving? I mean, that I, would
0: just totally unnerve me. Would that, was that unnerving the first time it happened? Uh,
2: it was, I, yeah, because it's like, how can, for me, I thought, how can this solid wood table suddenly feel like it's made of rubber or jello? I mean, right. it was just fluid. It was like all the molecules were moving. And also, how can it be literally moving across the floor when, our fingertips are just lightly touching the top. Nobody was scooping their hands under the table to lift it up and move it. Right. It just kind of walked on its own. It was really fun and not scary. think it would be scary?
0: It was more astounding is the word I would use. Yeah, absolutely. And so you just invited um, whoever was there to participate? Actually, one of the women doing it felt
2: right away her dad coming in.
0: Oh, wow. And it's
2: always okay when you're doing this spirit work to, to only work with spirits that you know and recognize. You don't mm-hmm. want to open the door to just anybody walking anybody. by. Anybody. Right. Yeah. And so is there somebody here who wants to talk to us? Do we know who you are? And then you can proceed. Yeah, the woman we were with said, oh, it's my dad. I can tell it's my dad.
0: That's really fun. Yeah. So, um and I, I also read in your book that um very close to you is it Cas, Casago, I forgot the name of the city that Casadega. Like little, Casadega. Tell us a little bit about that cuz that Casadega when they come to see you, they may want to come to see there too also.
2: Yeah. Oh, it's only about 5 miles away and it's a branch of oh. Lilydale up in New York. It's a spiritual oh. community that started as a campground. So people would literally come down from New York to spend, the sun, to spend the winters here when it was nice. You know, winters in Florida are beautiful. Right. And spiritualists are actually a religion. Spiritualism is a religion. Correct. Where they do right. believe that the soul lives on and that we can communicate with the spirit world. So Casadega now is a bunch, it's a little village about five miles away. Everybody who lives there is a spiritualist. They have many, many people who work as mediums. They teach mediumship. And, um, it's a really lovely little village. Yeah. But all of DeLand, too, is such an old historic town that there are quite a few haunted historic buildings in DeLand. Which I talk about in the book as well. Right, you do a good job with neighborhood that Right, <laughs> really, and, and it was fun. fun to research who some of our our ghostly neighbors are.
0: That's really, that's just really, really fun. Well, so give us some parting words. So, do, let me ask you this: Do you think that um, spirits reside in most people's homes? They're just quiet, or are, do they only go in certain places?
2: That's a really good question. I think I think spirits go where they know they're welcome and spirits go where they want to check in on somebody that they knew or something that they loved.
0: That's really really, I do really that's really interesting. Yeah.
2: I do really believe that no spirit is trapped on the earthly plane or that no spirit is Condemned to haunt a scary old house, mm-hmm. I I think just like us, they're free to come and go.
0: That's really wonderful, and it's also very very comforting. So, uh, yeah. um, so do you have a, a another book in the works? Well, I
2: would like to do a book about spirit contact with tarot cards, but I'm also okay. working on some some fiction at the moment. I hope to have a a novella out for Halloween. Tell us
0: about that. That's <laughs> fun. Tell us about that.
2: Well, this is the whole reason I wanted an office space is because I've been writing nonfiction for my whole life, and I thought I really, mm-hmm. really want to work on some short stories and some novels. So the the book I'm writing now is called Bittersweet Halloween, and oh. Bittersweet is my fictionalized version of the land because of oh, uh, bittersweet is a type of orange and there's so much citrus here and i just love uh-huh. the word
3: so it's, it's a
2: story about a woman who comes back to bittersweet for her saturn return at about age 28 mm-hmm. um, and discovers that she has the ability to see spirits and i call it her um her witch vision her witch vision is activated so she can see all of the invisible realms around us all the time. It's a cozy mystery. There is a murder in the book, but it's not oh. bloody. It's not gory. <laughs> and oh, she goes about huge, trying to find out.
0: I'm a huge yeah. cozy mystery person. So I, I am it on audiobook too. You um, know, an audio book too. So if we wanted to get this, are you self-publishing or is it through
2: Lowe's? Where where will you get it at? no? Nope. You'll be able to get it on Amazon. I'm gonna be using the Amazon Kindle program. So it's an indie publication. It'll it'll be oh, an e book to start. Right. Yeah. So much fun. But I well, also recently well... came out with Yeah, I also recently came out with a book of short stories that are also similar, kind of spooky, kinda of paranormal, nothing scary, nothing horror, but just gently haunted. And that one is called Stolen
0: Moments. That's on Amazon. Stolen moments. Oh, I will definitely look that up too. So, did you, you. did you think ten years ago that your life um, would be ghost? <laughs> no, I did Isn't not. Isn't that fun? Where I the thought... door open and you just walk through. Yeah, and you're just you're kind of surprised you're there.
2: <laughs> I am every day when I go into the haunted antique shop. I'm surprised to be there, but it's just it's a wonderful place and it's a very creative space. I host writers' groups there on Saturday mornings. And, of course, this workshop coming up on the 13th is going to be a lot of fun. It's just really fun not only to share my gifts but also to um, enjoy other people's gifts and
0: see what they have to say and what they have to teach. Well, I thank you so much for sharing your time and your stories and your gifts with us tonight about your haunted shop with us in Florida uh, on Circle Talk. Thank you. I've really enjoyed your book, and I've really enjoyed getting meeting you. And and um, I have a feeling that my partner will call me as soon as this podcast is over and say, we need to make a field trip because that just sounds uh, real up our alley. So anyway, so, yeah. so I may be yep. seeing you pretty soon. So you never know. Wonderful. So, uh, Thank you so much, and you have an open invitation to come back on Circle Talk anytime when you have a new book or you just want to chat about all things haunted. Wonderful. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Thank you so much. Besides Quinn, I want to thank David and Jeanette, our sound engineers, for their technical expertise. And we want to thank all of you out there, our listeners, for your continued support of all of our shows here on Circle Sanctuary Network Podcast or CSNP. Well, the spooky season continues because our next time we meet is on October 18th, and we're going to learn how to identify and solve the four main types of haunting per J. Allen Cross, residual, poltergeist, human earthbound, and for him, inhuman entity. He's the author of The Witch's Guide to the Paranormal, and he's going to guide us through his views on basic principles of haunting while building the foundation of paranormal investigation, witchcraft, and medium skills. I look forward to being with you all again So please come back Good night everyone, be safe, blessed be
3: Hear a song Of time Gone by The ancient ones Are calling out And they say Song of old And their words will carry us home And their song will carry us home Hear a song they say is- They sing the a song of old They call you home And their words They call you back Will carry us home To the ancient ways And their song They call you back Will carry us home To the ancient ways Hear a song Remember They say sing Remember now a song of old. The ancient and their words. It's deep inside. Will carry us home. Your memories and their song. It's deep inside. Will carry us home. Your memories. Hear a song. The ancient ones they call you back are calling out to the ancient ways, and they say to the a song of old. They call you home, and their words the will carry us home. They call you home, and their song. My will carry us
1: home. Thank you for joining us on the Circle Sanctuary Network podcast, presented by Circle Sanctuary and produced for all who follow the nature center paths. Join us here throughout the week for various programming connecting the community around the world. And please don't forget to watch for updates on the Circle Sanctuary website at www.circlesanctuary.org. And follow us on Facebook, at facebook.com slash CSNpodcasts. We can also be found on your favorite podcast hosting sites, such as iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and others. And until next time, many blessings.